Hey, this is Bridget, and you're listening to Stuff Mom Never Told You. Now, Sminty listeners, I just got to say thank you. Thank you so much for sticking with us during this transition. We all miss Emily, and I know it's been an interesting time of different kinds of episodes and different voices, and I hope you've had fun listening as much as I've had fun producing this content for y'all. And today, I am so, so, so excited to introduce y'all to some new voices that you're going to be hearing a lot more of in the coming days. My good pals, Annie and Eves. Hi, this is Annie. Hi, this is Eves. And we're so happy to be here. Thank you so much for for having us. And we're very excited to, yeah, help you produce the content, Bridget, and be a part of this whole Sminty community. Yeah, we totally miss Emily, too, but we're so excited to be here with you, Bridget. Well, I'm excited to have y'all. And actually, it's funny that you mentioned Emily because we all got a chance to hang out during Emily and I's last studio session. Here's a little bit of how it sounded. We really enjoyed listening to you. <laughs> we did. From, we did. From far away. Yes. Aww. We feel like we'll we to... know you in that weird <laughs> podcast way. <laughs> I love that. I love the magic of podcasts for that. Well, I'm excited to keep listening to stuff Mom never told you myself. Listen, we know. We know that transitions can be a little bit awkward sometimes. But here at Sminty, we're all about radical transparency. So we figured, why not let y'all join in on the awkward fun? So Eves, Annie, and I met for drinks at Ladybird, one of Atlanta's best bars, just to chat and get to know each other. Cheers. 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 So glad we could do this. Yeah. Wait, do you guys do the cheers and then put down or cheers then drink? It depends. I'm not as serious about it as some people are. You know, some people are. You have to do yeah. that. Yeah. And I've heard people say, oh, if you cheers and you don't look people in the eye, it's well, bad luck. Mm. Oh, you'll have bad sex for seven, seven years. years. That's that. <laughs> That's news to me. I yeah. think I, I must have done that seven years ago. I must have oh, not looked somebody in the eye. But Brett, any day, that's all I'm it. Yeah. It's the only explanation. <laughs> I believe um, tapping this, if you tap your glass on the table in Hungary, that means you're, it used to be a political statement, and it meant you were, like, with the rebels. And it's oh. a really bad thing. Wait, so, Annie, I always forget that you are this wacky food expert, so you know probably all these, you know, details about food and eating and culture that most people wouldn't know. Yeah. I try very hard to keep it um, manageable nerdery. So at a party, I I try not to scare people away. (laughs) Did you know (laughs) that that food you're eating has this huge history and all of it's fascinating and they're looking at me with terror in their eyes. Why are you like, Dude, to I'm just trying to eat. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Leave me alone. I do not know who you are. <laughs> That's another level. <laughs> okay. Are we ready for the question? Yeah. Do it. Alright. What was your first job? Okay, I'll kick it off, I guess. Um, it's not that interesting. Um, so I worked at Ingles was my first job, which is a grocery store if that's not like a national chain. I don't know if it is or not. Um, but I was a cashier. That's like a typical first job, I guess. Um, and I didn't love it. I I feel like most people can't agree with that. Um, there were really no interesting things that happened to me while I was there. It was like very roped. Mm -hmm. Um, but I guess if we're talking job... Do, do jobs you weren't paid for count as jobs, like yeah. volunteer jobs? So when I was like, I think I was around 10 years old, um, I had a summer, in quotes, job um, 
in Columbia, South Carolina at a library, which was like, uh -huh. I loved, even though I didn't do anything at all. I was there, <laughs> I like reorganized some things and whatnot. It wasn't like a super elaborate job, but I loved it because I got to be around books like, all, the whole time I was there. Yeah. So that's it, yeah. What about y'all? Well, before I answer, I do want to say, uh, like um, a couple months ago, I was in Ingalls for the first time in years, and they still have that video rental section. Oh. And I took pictures of it, because I, I was like, this still exists? Yeah. I, we didn't have that at ours, <laughs> but the vestige of the past that we that Ingalls do have is they don't have conveyor belts. Like, Guys, people still, Ingles? people still, it's a grocery store. I've never heard of it. <laughs> is it Atlanta thing or a, a South? I think it might I be. Think it I might, might be a yeah, it might thing. be a Southern thing. I mean, I've never heard of it. So people, I believe you. <laughs> people have to push, I feel like I'm bashing Ingles right now, but people have to push their grocery carts up to the thing still, mm -hmm. and the cashiers have to unload it, which I feel like is a back problem, like a back sure, issue. Yeah. Um, you're basically saying you're going to sue your former employer. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're listening, Bengals, get well, ready for a lawsuit. <laughs> we Americans are very litigious. Uh, this is true. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> I applied for a job at Ingalls and did not get it. What? <laughs> so, you, it still stays. You don't have to worry about it. It's okay. <laughs> You're not missing out on anything. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I've never heard of this store. Now I want to find one. Is yeah. it Bengals or Ingalls? Ingalls. Ingalls. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some around here. Yeah. The first thing I think of that I had as a job was when I was nine. I worked for my uncle at a marina. My uncle is rich, by the way. And I was hoping to get like a big paycheck, but it was a life lesson because I got to the end of this summer of working there. And I'm like, okay, pay up. And he said, well, we never agreed on terms, so here's a Snickers bar. Oh. And to this day, I, I, it like imprinted a life lesson on me. That your uncle is a <laughs> you know, that's worse than getting nothing, but at the same time, I'm really amazed that she waited until the end of the summer to ask for mm -hmm. any money. Or to like, talk about terms. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he knew, just to, you know, twist the knife, he knew I didn't like Snickers. Aww. What a jerk. Man, that really sucks. But, you know, a hard work ethic, that's what I learned, mm. as he likes to say. Um, Did you eat the Snickers? No. <laughs> what did you do with it? Did I think I just stared at it sadly. Burn it in effigy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> throw it in his face. <laughs> Melted it and smeared it on his car. It was oh, a fun you, size you Snickers. Are really it's not my first rodeo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> revenge. <laughs> Elaborate revenge plots. <laughs> I know not to be over your bad side now. Accurate. No, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> I think my first real job was um, working at... In those fancy booths at football stadiums. Oh man, I know so little about football and revealing myself. Yeah. Um, but where where people go, the boxes. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, private yeah. box. Yeah. Those are nice. And I would bring in, I would load in all of their alcohol and food mm -hmm. and then take their orders. And the best part about that job was at the end, they were all so drunk. And I had to make sure they got home safely, but they would give me all of their food because they were too drunk oh. to realize, you know, maybe I could keep this. Oh, have it, have it. So I would have food for weeks, which is in college students. Pretty great. <laughs> Do you have any horror stories that really stand out in your mind from that time? <laughs> I had one woman who was determined to, I don't know if drive home is what she was going to do, but she was not going to let me get her safely in a car. And I was trying to convince her, and she was not having it, and she fell over the stair, the stair railing. 
and she was fine, but I was terrified that this woman might have just died, and it was going to be my fault. Oh, my God. Yeah, but she just got up and kind of <laughs> started walking oh out. Um, drunk people tend to be pretty resilient when they like, yes. fall or get hurt. They tend to be... They're so loose. So <laughs> they're, they're loose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> What about you, Bridget? Uh, so my first job, I don't know if you could really call it a job, but my mom is a pediatrician and she has her own private practice. And so I spent many summers filing and checking in, you know, um, patients and all of that. I was a terrible employee. I should have been fired many times. <laughs> Luckily, my mom kept me around. Um, it was a good job. It was interesting to see different parents and their kids and sort of the challenges that, that come with parenthood. And so I feel like... At an early age, it was interesting to see, to be in that environment. So I don't, I actually don't know that I got paid, though. Should probably <laughs> file some sort of labor dispute yeah, with my mom. Your mom. <laughs> like years Serve later. Serve her some papers. Yeah, yeah. She better watch out. <laughs> uh, my first paid job was in a movie theater. Uh, I love movies. I'm a big movie person. Mm-hmm. And when I was in high school, I worked at the popcorn counter at a movie theater in my hometown. And I worked from doing concessions to doing projection. And so... When I finally worked my way up from concessions to projection, it was like the best because you basically got to watch movies all day for mm-hmm. free. I've always and, wanted that. Yeah, and so you basically, you know, you've got to be by yourself in a little room um, watching movies. And the worst part of the job was having to make sure that there was no, I guess you might say, riffraff going on in the theater. Mm-hmm. You can imagine, I mean, this is also a small town, so you can imagine, like, the kind of thing people would try to do in small town movie theaters. And yeah. so, yeah. you know, it was like little high school Bridget, you know, all 110 pounds of her. It was my job to make sure that there was no riffraff or funny, funny business, business going on in the theaters. <laughs> uh, I wasn't great at that. Sometimes, I mean, usually I would be like, unless someone is like legit doing something mm-hmm. that they shouldn't be doing, I usually just let it slide. Yeah. I hope my old manager doesn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make sure that happens. Yeah. I imagine, like, project, Projectionist, that was your title, like, mm-hmm. right? I, I just feel like there's just so much aura around that title. I don't know. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, there's a certain mystique about the Projectionist. Oh, is there? Yeah. Well, I think there used to be, and not, no slight against you, Bridget, but I think there used to be a thing, a skill involved, because you had to wait for the cigarette yes. burn, and you would move out the... I want to be very clear, by the time I was doing this, it was not a job that involved a lot of skill. <laughs> so I think back in the day, I've heard like back in the day, it was like more, you know, I was sure. basically making sure that nothing went wrong. Right. I wasn't really, it yeah. was kind of like on its own. I would love to do the, um, have you ever seen the movie Fight Club? Yes. Do you know That's the what scene I was thinking of, yeah. Like when he's able to like swap out the mm-hmm. film? Mm-hmm. I never had that, that chance. It was nothing, you know, not something I could do. Yeah. But, um, could make yeah. this happen for you, Bridget. That would be a, it's a lifelong dream is to like swap out the movie that is supposed to be playing with like another movie. Yeah. <laughs> we can make this You can check it off the bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be as nefarious as, as in Fight Club. Sure. It would be more like you came to see Hot Tub Time Machine and now you're watching this obscure documentary about French art. Enjoy. <laughs> I, when I was in middle school, I think seventh grade, me and my friend tried to go see Troy and we were underage. And my friend, she wore a shirt that had the year on it and said clearly she was in seventh grade. Like, no. yes, in track clothes. And so they read the shirt and were like, get out of here, you hooligans. <laughs> track clothes. <laughs> 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 
Amazing. So we bought tickets to see some kids, Ice Age or something, and we went, we snuck into Troy, but uh, it still sticks with me that <laughs> she wore that shirt. She's not an experienced rule yeah. breaker at all. No. Sneak, I gotta say, sneaking into the movies was a very early, like, you know, slightly scandalous joy of mine as a youth, you yeah. know? Me too. Buying a ticket to one movie and then seeing another, you know, d- doing a, a double feature for free, yeah. sneaking candy into the movies. That was like a big, early, fun, nefarious thing yeah. that I loved. Me too. The fir- One of the first times I got in trouble was because I had a nightmare about raptors. And my parents were asking me, why did you have this nightmare? You haven't seen any movies with dinosaurs in it, have you? Because they knew I'd snuck in to see Jurassic Park. And eventually I had to admit, I had to fess up. Yeah. <laughs> I know about raptors, Mom. <laughs> I know things. I like how that's the scandalous movie out of all the movies you could have seen. Like, sneaking in wasn't a big thing for me, though. I, don't, I feel like I, I don't think I ever did it, honestly. The only thing I can remember about going into like R-rated movies with my parents when I was young, and it was Stigmata, which oh, is a movie, movie. It's a movie that like haunted me and was like my like a scariest movie for me for a long time because yeah. I saw it when I was so young, and it is pretty intense because there's yeah. a lot of actual blood. Like you know how like movies now movie. they don't actually people die, but you don't see the blood it's like, like to keep it for yeah. And um, I remember specifically somebody saying on my way out, and I, I don't know. It's like '99. I don't remember yeah, when that movie came out. I think so. But um, somebody saying, like, to my mom, you took your kid to see this? You know? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. remember what happened after that. But. I got so two things to say about that. One, I, again, I feel like I'm, like, bashing my parents in this way, but I'm doing it lovingly. I had the kind of parents that would take us to, like, pretty intense movies when we were very young because they were like, we're not paying for a babysitter. Like, you're going to come with us. <laughs> so I've seen, like pretty intense movies you're thinking, what kind of person takes their kid to this movie? It's like, my parents would. I've seen a lot of scary movies. Yeah. I remember going to see Chucky when it was in theaters. I must have been like five. And I, to this day, I am like terrified of Chucky. Like really, as an adult. I mean, it's understandable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was um, at a movie pretty recently. Um, something that was, a, oh, it was Get Out. And I remember hearing a ba- like an infant cry and somebody shouted out, Am I gonna have to punch an infant? <gasps> but it is thinking like who would bring their they're like it was like a baby. <laughs> who would bring their baby to a movie like that? Right, right. Wow. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, yeah, so don't bring your baby to the movies. Unless it's a, a movie, for babies. Yeah. movie for babies. Movie for babies. When I was nine, um, we could just talk about movies this whole time. Yeah, this is that would be great. <laughs> My, I went to visit my family in Florida for the first time, and my cousins wanted to go see Air Force One, oh. but I was too young. But they snuck me in through the back, and I see this movie, and I, I had a fear at the time already of Gary Oldman, and then I see him in this movie, and it's just, I knew it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so later that night, I was left alone in the hotel, and I saw this white van drive by, and it was spraying some kind of fog, and I didn't know what it was, but I thought, this terrorist, (laughs) Gary Oldman, has come for me, and I thought I was going to die, truly. So I opened the fridge, 
and I found a pack of Fresca, which I thought was beer, because I wanted to get drunk one time before I died. Uh, and I wait, drank how old were you again? Nine. Okay. okay. And I drank okay. six Fresca. Like downed them. <laughs> and then I I thought I was then drunk. You had the worst bubble gut ever. Yes. Yeah, you like just felt sick. I thought <laughs> I was drunk, <laughs> but I wasn't. But I, I guess the caffeine or like the feeling of yeah. maybe I am drunk. I ran outside screaming. We're all going to die. They're terrorists. I'm running by hotel rooms saying wow. this. And I ran past my aunt's hotel room and I fell and broke my ankle inside the like little water drainage thing. And uh, my, my cousins got in such big trouble. So I have a question. Yes. Um, how many times have you broken a limb or something on your body? 13. I, I oh knew it was going to be a lot because of that story. <laughs> Are you a crush? I'm very clumsy. So you're used to like the whole healing process and like going through it by now. This is a trooper. Wow. <laughs> Damn. I also have 13 concussions. Oh my God. And my doctor seriously was trying to get me to wear some type of helmet in my everyday life. And I said, I can't do it. Oh, I yeah. mean, It'll, it'll just be a life ender. Wow. <laughs> we, we, gotta, we gotta keep our eye on you. <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys have a lot of broken bones? None, fortunately. You've never broken a bone? Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, I have not broken a lot of bones. I've broken my collarbone several Ooh. times. So you might, you could actually kind of see it's like uh, not yeah. so, doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because I've broken it so many times. First time I broke it, I was a child of four or five. I've never quite healed correctly. And so I've told this story on the podcast. It's not one that makes me look very good. But when I was in college, I was sitting, I was at a party. And I was sitting in the window. Or like, no, I was sitting on a, a like a, I guess window is right. Like it's like a large window balcony situation and somebody was going around with a cooler throwing beers at people and I was talking to this guy I was trying to impress I was like oh I want him to think I'm like a cool you know cool girl so I was like hey throw me a beer and the guy threw me a beer and I just went over the balcony oh no <laughs> it was a second story balcony so I broke my collarbone oh. I left the party in an ambulance oh my gosh <laughs> It was. I hope the party ended after that. No, it kept going. No, oh, that <laughs> is an also, epic party. I should say, right? like, I was the kind of like girl who was like, when, you know, the girl when you were in college who was like getting drunk. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do a headstand or like, I'm gonna uh, do a flip. Like, yeah. I was really athletic in in school, and when I started drinking in college, the two things kind yeah, of yeah. merged. So I was that that like reckless person who was like, I'm gonna climb this thing. Like it's gonna be great, you know. Yeah. So I was often getting hurt. Yeah. Trying to like look cool or impress people or just being a drunken idiot. What was the name of that movie that came out like several years ago that was about like college parties? It's called like Project X or something. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I for- that just reminded me of yeah, that. Yeah, I had a lot of my college days. I'm glad they're behind me, but I just <laughs> had a lot of Project X style parties. Yeah. <laughs> More after a quick break. And we're back. Let's get right back to it. Do y'all want to try another question? Yeah. Okay. So, what are you reading right now? So, I just started reading This Will Be My Undoing by Morgan Jerkins. Oh, uh, (coughs) superstar. She's, like, on a global tour right now. I'm insanely jealous of how successful she is. She's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. And um, also, there's always more than one thing. 
Yeah. I feel like there's something else. I'll leave it there because I can't remember what else it is. What about you? Um, so I have to admit I'm not a huge reader. Um, I often like start books and stop them and all of that. Two books that I'm in the middle of now are um, We Are Never Meeting in Real Life by Samantha Irby, which is like a collection of funny, poignant essays about um, kind of like a life lived online and sort of like feminine, from a really interesting sort of feminist perspective of what it's like to be a blogger, somebody who exists on online spaces, but then it's also a real person, you know, it's kind of interesting. Another one that I'm in the middle of that I am super, super late on is Just Kids by Patti Smith. Oh, I um, Yeah, it's so good. So I'm not, I'm not a huge Patti Smith fan, although I feel like I should be because she's this, like, rad woman. Yeah. Uh, but her writing is so evocative, right? And I guess I, as someone who thinks of myself as, like, a creative, it's very interesting how her, she sees herself as a creative who is in a relationship with another creative and sort of how that, how their relationship kind of becomes its own, like, uh, creative product in a kind of way. You know, it's very, it's very touching. It's very sad. And she just, like, is such a cool person. Yeah, she really yeah, is. Yeah, if, if I could be as cool as Patti Smith, I would die very happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. And I remember the other book that I'm in the middle of, which is, uh, it's a book of stories by Zora Neale Hurston. Um, and it's one of those things, I don't know if y'all feel the same way, but like short story collections aren't like, I have to digest them over time. Like reading one after the next, after the next is kind of like tiring. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's like, kind right. of want it like almost a palette for I have a right. short story collection to suggest for you. Okay. Okay. It's called Whatever Happened to Interracial Love. It's very good. Um, you if you're into like a Zora Neale Hurston short story collection, you will love it. It's very, very good. Can you say the name again? Whatever Happened to Interracial Love. Okay. It's very good. Don't let the title scare you off. No. <laughs> it's very good. No, it won't. I know what you're thinking. No, I'm just <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's like, she's, I forget the name of the author, but she's this like amazing, sort of like a Zora Neale Hurston, like undiscovered black female writer from like way back when who tragically went kind of undiscovered and is sort of now after her death having her sort of her due and so um, it's a great book I cannot recommend it enough you will love it cool thank you yeah I love book rec- recommendations even though like I said I feel overwhelmed I mean there's only so many hours in the day you know yeah I'm I just acknowledge like I to just acknowledge like I'm a bad reader mm. it takes me so long to get through a book and it's like you know you're busy and I don't know. I have a friend, and we always joke that he knows me well enough now that whenever I say, if someone's like, oh, um, if it's a movie that was based on a book, if somebody says, like, oh, did you read the book? And I say yes, what I actually mean is no, but I saw the movie, and I read the Wikipedia yeah. about the book. Yeah. <laughs> he knows, like, whenever I'm like, yeah, I read it. And he's like, she didn't read it. <laughs> it's like lying about books I've read for a long time now. Yeah, <laughs> a long career of lying. I feel like, too, that the internet has a big, like, is a major part of that because you just have so much you may be reading a book but you're also reading a ton of articles on the internet at the same time yeah, and that's taking that's up a lot true. of your reading time yes. I noticed that in college because I was such a voracious reader all through elementary school middle school yeah. high school and then when I got to college I had so much assigned reading mm-hmm. that I was reading a lot but it was never anything that I was very pumped about reading so that was it sort of distanced me from reading for a while because it, I was reading for 
work for school, but not for pleasure. Yeah. You think you didn't want to read James Joyce's Ulysses? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I read it, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I have had some great luck. George, I went to Georgia Tech, which is a technical school, but they make you take one liberal arts class. And uh, I was fortunate in that the teacher was a big sci-fi, apocalypse kind of fan, and he, on his reading list, was Octavia E. Butler. Oh, Yeah, like these books that I loved. So in that case, in that one particular class in my entire college career, I did enjoy the assigned reading, and every book I read, I'm so glad I read. Yeah. And a lot of books I've read that I didn't like, I am glad I read them. Yeah. Even if they were difficult. That's what's up. That's real. I have yeah. a, um, I am a PhD dropout. I was trying to get a PhD in literature, oh, which really? is a lot of reading, and I ended up not finishing it to my, to the horror of my parents and family. Um, but I felt the same way, right? That I loved reading, but once it became clear that in order to graduate with my doctorate, it was just dependent on me being able to like get through just like massive, like massive like academic essays. I'm sure I just like did not care about, and so it will be like. I would read a book that I loved, and then I had to read like 10 academic explorations of that book. And I was like, no, I just want to read the book. Like, yeah. And that was, I mean, there were many reasons why I dropped out, but that was a big one, feeling like I had to, I had picked something that I was passionate about to study mm-hmm. and make my life and my career around, but that that was actually kind of a mistake because during that time in my life, I like never read for fun or for pleasure. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I never wrote for fun or for pleasure. It just was, yeah. it just become so mechanical, yeah. kind of. So it just becomes joy was completely yeah, strained out yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's understandable. That's another thing for me is I like writing. And so sometimes when I'm reading, I'm thinking to myself, I could be writing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which somehow constant struggle. <laughs> yeah, it somehow feels like I'm doing more when I'm writing, even though reading is very valuable and totally legitimate. Yeah, but I guess writing is this kind of action that's happening that you can see progress. So I have trouble. I'll be reading. I'm like, oh, I could just be writing. Oh, writing, that's a constant, like, struggle for me, too. Because it's like, I'm like, oh, I'm reading, and this is for inspiration. Like, when I'm writing, I'm like, if I, like, lose a little bit of inspiration, I'm like, oh, like, let me go to reading, because I'll get some inspiration from there. And then I get there, and I'm like, why am I wasting my time when I could actually be writing? So, yeah, it's always that, like, back and forth and back and forth cycle for me, too. Yeah. And I keep trying to remind myself, reading is a different and equally valuable yeah. thing. And it does help with the writing. Yeah. It's, it's hard to separate when you feel like, oh, well, I'm having fun doing this. I should be working. Because we're always <laughs> hours counting, right? With yeah. all the things that we're doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sucks. That's like my least favorite thing about myself is, like if I'm just reading and I'm enjoying something, somehow it's like, oh, I'm not pr- doing Being something productive. productive. But it actually is productive. Like, when you're reading, you know, your synapses are firing and you're, you know, mm-hmm. kind of flexing your creative muscles, even if you're just reading, you know. Yeah. It's, it sucks that we get hung up on, at least I get hung up on, you know, I spent three hours reading this book and what do I have to show for it? You know? Yeah. You have nothing to prove, Bridget. I know. This, well, this is why, like, whenever, this sounds, this makes me sound like an idiot, but whenever I finish a book, I tell everybody, I'm like, have you read this book? Yeah. I just finished this book. Like, yeah. I'm so obnoxious. 
No, I mean, that means it affected you, right? Yeah. That means it had an impact yeah. on you and it was memorable, which I is can't great. I can't like, slide it into casual conversation. Yeah, like, hey, you got any opportunity. You just well, I was just reading this book. Mm, oh. Books, ever heard of them? Yeah. I yeah, love it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. And we're back. Okay. Um, what was your favorite band 10 years ago? Uh, so oh, I'll I, be the first to fess up to this. I'm looking at Annie's face. I can already like she has a really good answers. one. So do you want to take it first? Uh, it's not very good. I, I was just very passionate about it. I was a huge Green Day fan. Uh, I've seen them in concert. I, me too. <laughs> I've actually seen their, um, what was their play? Yes, I've seen it American, too. American Idiot. Idiot. <laughs> I've seen it. Wait, you actually are still a fan. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's just like be honest. Let's not, let's not judge each other. We here. are no. transparency, Annie. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I was in the fan club, everybody. <laughs> I would get the secret emails and the behind-the-scenes clips. I, I snuck into concerts. I drove to Tennessee. I drove to South Carolina. I was a very big fan. I love that. I was, my goal was, I don't know, in the concerts, he gives away, the lead singer, Billy Joe, oh. gives away a guitar to someone. He just picks random people, and they come up, and they play, um, what is that, Welcome to Paradise? Uh, Longview. Oh. Yeah. And he gives away the guitar, and it was my dream. To one day get called up there. I learned to play guitar for it. Oh. I did everything and I never made it. And I still kind of hold out hope that one day, I mean, it's not too late. It's true. I went to a concert last year. Also, I, bet I, bet they, I bet those concerts are sparsely attended now. So you probably have a better chance. <laughs> just kidding. One, <laughs> one day it's just me in the crowd. <laughs> well, there's no one else but Greg. We have one fan. Oh, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love Green Day. I'm just joking. <laughs> I did go to one last year and it seemed pretty pretty uh, popular, that's not, well attended. But it, it was interesting mix of people. It was uh, like a lot of older people and a lot of younger people. Yeah. Oh, good for you, Green Day. Oh, me. Okay, so that's 2008. I'm gonna take us through a journey. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, the year was 2008. Yeah. The president was Barack Obama. Right, right. <laughs> I was in high school. So, you were in high school in 2008? I was, I graduated. I was there 2007 to 2011. How old are you? I'm 24. Oh About to be 25. Birthday's coming up. Oh, mine too. Oh, look at there. We'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> so, I would say band. I'm going to use the term band loosely and just go to musical groups. I don't think I had a favorite band. It was 2008. I was really in my hip-hop stage at that point. And, <laughs> oh God, it's so embarrassing. I was really into the Cool Kids, which is like the very beginning of the hipster age. Oh my God. I, I went to a Cool Kids concert in, I believe it was 2008, November, um, at Center Stage um, in Midtown. And it was with Janelle Monet, Q-Tip, and the Cool Kids, which is a great lineup. Yeah, that's a great lineup. It was like my first real cool show, like before that I had been to like a lot of lame concerts. I'm not gonna call anybody out, but um, <laughs> but I remember I got there like two hours early. Like I was so excited. I like saw Janelle Monae like beforehand, and she's like, "Hey!" And she's like, 
amazing. So I was like so excited. Right, she almost kicked me in the face that night, which I'll never forget. She didn't actually do it, but you know, she's like a, like, so expressive in her performance. Um, and it was like, I was in the very, it was at that point in my life where I was like, eager to get there early at the very front of the stage. And it was just a great experience. Cause like, Q-tip, I mean, come on now. So you know cool. what I mean? Um, so yeah, it was definitely the cool kids. Like I, I was into them like really heavy. I was total hipster mode, like throughout <laughs> all like parts of my life, so. I love it. <laughs> I went to a cool kid, so this is, the Cool Kids is still a subject of debate among myself and a friend of mine because we went to a Cool Kids show in DC many years ago and they had some sort of, they were great, they had some sort of technical problem and so they had to stop the show temporarily. And when they stopped it, the crowd was sort of getting a little bit restless and they were like, okay, so in the meantime, we're gonna do a freestyle battle. And so they picked people from the audience to come up and freestyle and the first guy they picked, who were thinking like, of course, this is like not gonna go well. The first cut I picked was unbelievably good. And to this day, my friend thinks that the entire thing, the entire like technical problem was a setup. And that guy was a plant because he was like, there's just no way someone could be this good. Like it doesn't make sense. So to this day, my friend maintains that that was like a setup that wasn't actually, yeah. I love that. Sometimes, you know, life works out in mysterious ways. Wherever that guy is, I hope he has an illustrious freelance or a freestyle career. Maybe he'll write in. I hope he does. If he listens, I would love to hear from him. We we can solve this mystery. Oh my god, I would die. It's like misconnections on Craigslist. Yeah, it's like we're rebooting Starly Kind's mystery show on this podcast. Excellent. A podcast within a podcast. It's very meta. Love it. No, my favorite, 10 years ago, Eve's, it's sort of similar. My favorite band 10 years ago. I remember very clearly the moment that they became not my favorite band. Um, so I also was like in a hipster phase and I was really into this, I guess you would call them like an experimental noise band from Baltimore called Animal Collective. Uh, yep. So like in college, I was like heavy obsessed with Animal Collective. I had all their records, Sung Tongs is my favorite album. I was so into them, blah, blah, blah. I took them in concert, they were great. When I was a bit older in 2000, I guess 10 years ago it was like 2008, so that would have been right. They were playing a show for their Meriwether Coast Pavilion um, album. That and cover freaks me out. Yeah, <laughs> it is a, it's a trippy cover. Um, so Meriwether Coast Pavilion is actually a music venue in Columbia, Maryland, which is near DC. And so them playing at that venue near Baltimore was like a big thing. So we all went, it was, you know, it was like a highly anticipated show, we'll say that. This was after their um, single My Girls was like really big. And so this was a big deal. I'm gonna admit to something slightly illicit, which is that we were like, we have to get edibles for this show, it's gonna be great. <laughs> I so mean, we, it's animal collection. Yeah, we were like, <laughs> edibles, animal collection, it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> so we go, we're just such nerds that it was a kind of thing where like, we had a designated driver and like, we had like, printed off from the internet. Okay, that's like, not nerdy, that's, that's totally responsible. Like, we're older, we're not like, <laughs> yeah. you know the kids are like reckless. We were like, here's some information, so if you feel your heart beating and like, drink water, blah, blah, blah. Like, we were doing it, you know, doing it very safely. and. This venue is like an outdoor venue, but there's a standing room part right up front. And so we had gotten like right up front. It was very, very crowded. And as soon as my edibles kick in, they start playing. And I was like, wait a minute, I hate this. I don't like this music. And I like really had a, I like really had one of those like Emperor's New Clothes moments where I was like, this is just noise. I don't like this at all. Like what am I, what was I thinking? And so, you know, I was there with my boyfriend and my friends and like they were all loving it, and I was like, you know what? I really need to not be listening to a noise band right now. Wow. So I was like, guys. That's traumatizing. It was actually. like, I was just like, I'm, it's really crowded, yeah. I have to go. 
And so it wasn't like a like a bad trip. It just was like I really don't enjoy this music, and in fact, I can't believe I ever enjoyed this music. So I was like, guys, enjoy the concert. I'm gonna leave, and I left. And I since then I've just been like. I don't know what I saw. I, I really had that moment where I was like, I don't know what I saw in this band. I don't know why I liked them so much. I go back and listen to them, and I'm like, I don't know what it was. I just really... So interesting. Yeah. I have that experience. Like, I, I don't think I've ever had it that close to the time when I liked a band, but I have that when I go back and listen to the, some of the old stuff that I've, like, found from the old archives because I don't have a lot of that stuff. I would have thought that I would have kept it forever because, like, at one point, downloading music was, like, the only thing I did after I did my homework. <laughs> like, it was same. my second homework, you know what I mean? Same, same. Like, back when downloading music was a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm too young. LimeWire. No, LimeWire. My friend would never husband on LimeWire. On the chat function. Yeah, no. she, she moved to, um, <laughs> I've never even used a chat function. Yeah, so. there was a chat function and she moved to Sweden to be with this guy. They're still together. <laughs> I love that love story. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, if Lilani is listening to this, she'll be like, oh, that was me. Shout out to Al- Alani. Lilani. And they're Shout in a noise band Alani. together. There was like a point when um, like all that music that I had collected over all that time, my laptop was stolen and I was and I hadn't backed it up, but the part that really like um, the part that made me really sad was that I had tried to back everything up before mm. and it didn't work. My computer was just like this didn't happen. And like I felt, I had so much regret about like not trying again to do it. Yeah. But now, like after I had to convince myself that this was a thing that like happened purposefully, I was just like, you know, this was a purging. Like yeah. it was meant to start. I was meant to start over. And at think this about point. it now. You live in an age of Spotify. Like you don't right. even need to have physical or like downloaded copies of music because it's all in the cloud. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, music yeah. was a big. That was my thing. It's to me, it still is. It was a big part of my upbringing. Um, when I was very young, this is kind of a tragic story, uh, my first boyfriend, we met because we were both in choir together, and I loved music, and he loved music, and he, he was a singer, a classically trained singer with a beautiful voice, and we both went to, like, we both were, had pretty conservative religious upbringings, and so the only music that I really had in my life was, like, very clean, wholesome music, like early Beatles, right? And when I started getting into like more experimental music, I remember specifically it was Sonic Youth. I was so excited, and I remember being like, "Yo, you have to listen to this this, this band I found. They're amazing." And he listened to it. And he was like, "I don't feel like I get it." And he was like, "Really?" He was like, "Really into like choir music." And I remember like I had to break up with him because I was like, "Yo, I can feel myself like getting really into bands and music." And I thought like, "If we can't share this, like, then what is this?" And so we broke up, and it was very tragic. And now that guy is like. A famous pop star in Korea. What? <laughs> so when we talk, he's like, "It's funny how you dumped me because I wasn't into music." Um, which one of us is a famous musician now? And I'm like, "Okay, you're right." Maybe famous is too strong, but it's interesting when you're young and you like get into something and you're like, "This is gonna be." You can tell, like, like I could tell that like music was going to be a foundational part of my life, and even as like a kid, I knew like I want to be with someone who shares that. And yeah, it's like I was the same way, like going home and like going through Kazaa and downloading music and like making mix CDs and waiting to hear one song on the radio and I like tape it and then the, the DJ wouldn't shut the f*** up and so you're like, I'm trying to pick the song here, you know? <laughs> you might be a little young for that, but that, trust me, that was a thing. Uh, I, I, yeah, I didn't do the whole taping <laughs> thing. It was all internet for me. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but yeah I mean, it's, it's definitely a thing. I had an illegal 
CD burning business. Ooh. Because I didn't realize she was a young hustler. I was. Young hustler. <laughs> really, I really was. I had several side businesses. You're <laughs> um, like a white female Jay Z. <laughs> but like, not dealing drugs. <laughs> I. I didn't realize how illegal it was because it was so easy yeah. when we were younger. Yeah. So I, I had a I had a menu you would open and it had options and then you could request something or you could get Annie's mix where I would ask what are your favorite songs and I would make a mix for oh you. Oh my god! Yeah, Yo, I love it. You've got to do that for all of us. Yeah, like, yeah. Make please a Spotify do, playlist. Do. Like, what do you like? I will. Then, oh I, my god! I will. I was so successful that. Um, <laughs> Some guy, I didn't even know, I was going into Zaxby's, I remember this very clearly, it was like a 30-year-old man I never met, said, are you Annie? I said, yes, and he said, can you make me a mix? Oh my god, that's like my dream! <laughs> like that. That's like my dream! Oh my god. The weirdest request I got was this one guy, he wanted an entire CD of Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Just back to back to back? Yes, and I it said... It's a good song. I, I know, and I love that song. I mean, song. there are 24-hour loops on YouTube now, so he was ahead of his time. <laughs> maybe, true. maybe you're right, Eve. He was ahead of his time, but to me, I was like, don't, don't you have repeat? You could put it on repeat, and I could put other songs on there in case you ever decide. He said, nope, I just want a whole CD, as many as you can fit, of Under the Bridge. What do you think he was doing with that? Uh, you don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, my corny wild card was, what's the last thing that made you cry? Oh. Oh, man. I, I was reading something that I'd written. This sounds so self-aggrandizing. But somebody asked me to find something I'd written as a like younger person, and I found it, and I read it, and it made me cry. Like, oh, God. Did you ever read something, and you look back at that period of your life, and you're just, it feels like a different person, and you kind of mourn it. Oh, yeah. I'm really yeah. sorry that... This has changed so much, but you didn't know then what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, it was a surprise. I, it was something I wasn't expecting to find, and I found it on my old laptop. Robert and Tears? Yeah. Uh, I struggle with that so much. Yeah. Because it's like things that are like um, nostalgia and like poignant, like, it's like that kind of yeah. thing, like, that gets me, where it's like, I haven't processed what this means, but it's really emotional. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize then what I was writing, and now I have the emotional tools to yeah. recognize. There have been many a times when I'm like reading letters on paper and just like there are tears falling on like the paper, and like, why am I doing this to myself? I think that all the time. Yeah. Why am I writing this? This is miserable. <laughs> what a great note. <laughs> right. Oh, this is better. Very uplifting. It's like I'll never told you. Yes. We're, we're <laughs> worth listening to. Please subscribe. <laughs> Yeah, so that conversation that Annie, Bridget, and I just had was really awkward, but we hope that you guys got to know a lot more about us. Yes, I certainly learned a lot about Bridget and Eves, and I had such a fun and awkward time doing it. So I hope that it was as enjoyable for you as it was for us. And y'all already know I'm all about the awkward fun, so I hope that was fun for y'all. And let us know what you think. How was that conversation? Are you excited about the new voices and new direction for Spinty? We want to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You, on Twitter at Mom Stuff Podcast, and as always, we love your emails at momstuff at howstuffworks.com. 